What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actors, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, and the comedy TV series Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. But first, let's talk about actors Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. You might be asking yourself, why are you doing a podcast on both of them? Why not just concentrate on one? Because I can't think of one without the other. To me, they are the perfect movie star duo. And in case you don't think there's enough to talk about, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson have been in 12 movies together. And I've been thinking since I was going to do this podcast, what makes them so well together? I think it's that they're the opposites. Ben Stiller always plays these neurotic characters who are angry, and Owen Wilson is always calm, cool, and collect. In today's era, when we think of a comedian always putting his friends in movies, we think of Adam Sandler, we think of Seth Rogen, I think the original guy who did this was Ben Stiller. He found Owen Wilson, he found this really cool, funny guy, he also used other actors like Vince Vaughn in his movies, but his real collaborator here is Owen Wilson. These two are in 12 movies together. They dominate the box office together for about a solid decade. I mean, when a Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson movie came out, it was kind of a comedic blockbuster. The pairing first began on The Cable Guy, the movie that Ben Stiller directed. That's where Owen Wilson's one scene in that movie is basically getting beaten up in a bathroom by Jim Carrey. Then they collaborate on the movie Permanent Midnight, which is kind of a dark movie where Ben Stiller plays a drug addict. But the real hits start coming when they make a little movie movie called Meet the Parents. I have seen Meet the Parents over 500 times. I absolutely love this movie, and the best scenes are between Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. There's a scene where Owen Wilson, playing the crazy ex-boyfriend who is jealous of Ben Stiller's character, Greg, offers to give him a bathing suit, and Greg comes back with a Speedo and gets mocked by everyone in the room. This is their brand of comedy. This is when you start to get the sense that there's something between these two like there's this rivalry between Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller's character usually in these movies then they both show up in a prestigious Wes Anderson movie I mean Owen Wilson is a frequent collaborator of Wes Anderson they are friends Owen Wilson brought his pal Ben Stiller with him to star with him in the movie The Royal Tannenbaums the other Wilson brother is in there Luke Wilson Gene Hackman is in this movie Owen Wilson's performance in this movie is one of my absolute favorites his dynamic with Luke Wilson in this movie is fantastic. And again, even him and Ben Stiller have fantastic moments. My point is here, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are not one-hit wonders. They don't only do silly comedies. Like I said, they were in a serious dramatic movie called Permanent Midnight. They've dominated family movies like the Night at the Museum films. They can cross genres. This is a pairing. We care about the pairing. We don't care what kind of movie they show up together in. In fact, the same year that Owen Wilson gets an Oscar nomination for co-writing The Royal Tannenbaums, he shows up in the Ben Stiller comedy Zoolander. So in the same year that Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson show up in a prestigious Wes Anderson film, they show up in this weird satire about male modeling. I feel
feel like Zoolander is like kind of like Blades of Glory, Will Ferrell movie about figure skating. Like I feel like Zoolander is the earliest version of that film. Zoolander is not the smash hit that their other movies are, but it became a cult classic and they did a sequel that's not very good. But even so, I get a lot of comfort seeing Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller on screen together because I've grown so accustomed to it. And my absolute favorite film that these two co-starred together in was Starsky and Hutch, the film directed by Todd Phillips. Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller playing Starsky and Hutch. Of course, the hit 70s show. It's kind of making fun of the show, but also playing a nice little homage to it. This movie is actually pretty quite good. It just shows they are on screen together the entire time. And hilarity ensues. Like, this movie is laugh out loud hilarious. There's great scenes with Will Ferrell. Vince Vaughn plays the bad guy. Early Jason Bateman's in this movie. But Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson carry this film. They are so good at playing these rival characters who are trying to one-up each other. The scene where the two of them interrogate cheerleaders played by Carmen Electra and Amy Smart is hilarious. Snoop Dogg is really good in this movie. And Ben Stiller is hilariously overprotective about his car. Like, everything about this movie works. But what about it works is that they know how to use the movie stars. Like, Ben Stiller plays this cop who's going by the rules. And Owen Wilson is like, I don't care about the rules. I'm going to be calm, cool, and collect and just be myself and try to have a good time. The aura around Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are opposite. That's why it's so funny that it works so well in all of these movies, the dynamic between them. Ben Stiller plays this guy who seems like he worries about everything, and Owen Wilson is just like, I'm just here to have a good time. Like, that dynamic in and of itself is good enough that the reason why all of these 12 movies they've made together are so watchable. And then after Starsky and Hutch, the two of them Reteam for the Night of the Museum movies that have made free movies and they are family classics. Like, think about all the genres these two have been in together. They have been in silly comedies together like Meet the Parents. They have been in serious, prestigious movies like Wes Anderson's The Royal Tannenbaums. They made a silly cult comedy in Zoolander. Then Starsky and Hutch was a big hit. And then they become like these family movie stars. Not a lot of actors who work together over and over again have this kind of success. I think there's kind of like this weird parallel between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Like, I feel like Ben Stiller is the Harold Ramis and the Owen Wilson is the Bill Murray. But even then, like, they only had Stripes, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack. They didn't make movie after movie after movie. Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson have been in 12 movies together. Now, Ben Stiller is the Harold Ramis because he's like the writer and director of some of these movies. He's also the star. So Ben Stiller is kind of the bigger movie movie star over Owen Wilson, but Owen Wilson is no slouch either. Like, Owen Wilson is a movie star. And the fact that Owen Wilson has aligned himself with Wes Anderson and Ben Stiller is fascinating. Both of his closest friends just happen to turn out hit after hit after hit after hit. I mean, here are the movies that Owen Wilson is great that don't include Ben Stiller. I mean, Bottle Rocket, he co-wrote Rushmore and The Royal Tannenbaums. He co-wrote the first three Wes Anderson movies. Again, he was nominated for an Oscar. Owen Wilson is is also fantastic in the movie Wedding Crashers. I think that's what most people think is his, like, hit movie is Wedding Crashers. Then, to me, you get his best acting performance 
in Midnight in Paris. Again, he reteams with Rachel McAdams from Wedding Crashers. He's fantastic in this movie. Then you get the Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Night movies with Jackie Chan. I mean, in a weird way, Owen Wilson is kind of like action star slash comedy star. And then he has a small supporting role in the Paul Thomas Anderson movie in Heron Vice. Like, I get it that some people are like, when they see Owen Wilson, they don't think he's really acting. They just think he's being himself. But I think being himself is enough. He's smart. He's witty. uh, He's charismatic. Like, I just think he's a really underrated movie star. I want to see Owen Wilson on screen doing things. I was over the hill excited when I heard he was joining the Loki series starring Tom Hiddleston as the character Loki from the Marvel Universe. I think he's going to kill in whatever role he's going to be. Because even though he might be a one-trick pony, I love that one trick. I fully love Owen Wilson as a movie star. He's my favorite of the Wilson brothers. Even though Luke Wilson is spectacular in old school, Owen is the better movie star. There are also some great Ben Stiller movies that don't include Owen Wilson. I mean, Reality Bites, he directed that movie. Winona Ryder's terrific in that. Then you get something about Mary, early Harley brother comedy that's just outright funny. I mean, Cameron Diaz is great in that. He's best. His most funniest performance in a movie is Dodgeball with Vince Vaughn. I mean, Ben Stiller fully is hilarious in Dodgeball. It is his most comedic performance yet. I think it's the performance you're like, wow, Ben Stiller is a comedic superstar. Then you get Tropic Thunder, which is his best movie he's directed. Tom Cruise is great in this. Again, you get a great Matthew McConaughey. It's one of the most underrated Matthew McConaughey performances, and Ben Stiller is great in this. Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an Oscar in Tropic Thunder. It is the perfect satire. And then an underrated Ben Stiller movie is Tower Heist, a great Eddie Murphy movie, a great Casey Apple performance. Matthew Broderick is really weird in this movie. It is the comedian heist movie. I really like Tower Heist. And then I have to recommend the three films that Ben Stiller has made with Noah Baumbach. Greenberg, While We're Young, and The Meyerowitz Stories. This is serious Ben Stiller. He's not just a, a comedic actor. He's also a great writer, director, and serious movie star. He is great in all three of those films with Noah Baumbach directing. The last thing I'll say about Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson is I just think they have my comedic sensibilities. I grew up on the movies that they're in together. I find them hilarious to this day. I hope that Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson keep making movies together. Again, one last time, here are the movies they've made together. The Cable Guy, Permanent Midnight, Meet the Parents and its two sequels, The Royal Tannenbaum, Zoolander and its sequel, Starsky and Hutch, Night at the Museum and its two sequels. They have crossed all genres and Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are two of the best comedic actors of my time. Now let's switch gears and talk about the Apple TV Plus comedic series Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet starring and created by Rob McElhaney. Here's a quick synopsis. Ian Grimm is the creative director of Mythic Quest, the biggest multi-platform game in the world. Ian and his team will stop at nothing to keep the game on top both financially and artistically. I loved everything about season one of this show. I think more shows should go back to the half hour comedy format. I've seen two comedy shows this year in High Fidelity starring Zoe Kravitz and now Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. They were quick half hour shows, 10 episodes. They both were fantastic. The two best shows I've seen this year so far. 
one of the biggest reasons this show is hilarious is because of its creator and star, Rob McElhaney, who you probably know from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. As Ian, he is hilarious, he's smart, he's witty, he's obsessed with the game, he's also a bit self-absorbed. This show, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, shows just how funny this guy is. I really think he's underrated comedic actor, writer, and director. I mean, you forget how funny this guy is because It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is on, like, FXX, and I have no idea what channel that is, and you forget how funny those guys are, like Charlie Day and him. Charlie Day, also a co-creator of this series. Rob McElhaney proves why he's so funny and why It's Always Sunny has been on for 15 years. He can create a new show like this that's different, but it also has that unique comedic tone. It's hilarious. Then you have the breakout star of the show, Charlotte Nicato as Poppy, a character who wants more credit for her contributions to the game. Her arc is mostly the main plot of season one. Her chemistry with Rob is fantastic, and the funniest scenes of season one is when she's trying to call a rival company, and she's going back and forth whether or not she can leave Mythic Quest and join a new game. She's not playing somebody who hates her boss. She just wants more credit and to make a bigger contribution to the game. But the back and forth between whether or not she's going to leave the company is just outright hilarious. The series also has a great supporting cast led by Danny Putty, who you might know from Community. I hope you watch Community. He's hilarious in that. David Hornsby who's in. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And prestigious actor F. Murray Abraham, Oscar nominated actor F. Murray Abraham are all hilarious in supporting roles. Each of them fit the tone of the show so well. Danny Putty plays Brad, this character who's obsessed with the game making money, selling items in the game. David Hornsby plays David, the executive producer of the game who's in way over his head. And F. Murray Abraham plays C.W. Longbottom, the head writer of the game who knows nothing about video games but yet is obsessed with the story arc of the game. All of these actors and characters get time to shine in this show to have fun comedic moments then you have this perfect friendship between these two game testers Dana and Rachel played by Imani Hakim and Ashley Birch they're fantastic it's great when a comedy can have secondary characters you care about that's why the office is so good because you care about the fifth and sixth most important people in the office it's not all about Steve Carell it's not all about John Krasinski it's about these secondary characters and and that's what Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet has going on for it. It's not all about Rob McElhenney and Charlotte Nicato's characters. You care about these secondary characters. They can have full seasons arcs moving forward about these characters. That's how these comedies have long-lasting shows like The Office, like Parks and Rec, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You, that's what the best comedies have. Secondary characters who are fully fledged out characters that you care about, that you want to see on TV week after week after week after week, or in this case, binge watch. You care about all the characters in this show, and they both, they are all hilarious. And they might not be the stars of the show, but there can be episodes about these characters, and you will be just as inclined to watch that and enjoy the show than if it were about the main characters played by Rob McElhaney and Charlotte Nicato. That's what the great comedies of this era have. Great secondary characters to go along with the main stars. I think Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet is a perfect satire because it's 
does what most satire should do. It mocks the gaming world, but they also reveal truths about what they are satirizing. Like, for instance, the character of Shoe is a child who has great influence in the gaming world in the show because he has an online audience and he can tell people what games to play. He has that much power. That character, while it's hilarious in the show, is probably a real honest depiction about what those kids are like. They have so much power and influence. They are the fans' voice. That kid is the voice of the fans. He has so much power over what game is the biggest game in the world. One of my absolute favorite episodes of the series so far is episode 5. It takes a break from the main arc of the show and tells the story of a couple who make a hit video game starring Jake Johnson and Christine Milioti. This episode was fantastic and it shows why mass popularity can affect video games. It turns the art and fun of games into a business. Some shows try these one story arc episodes like Stranger Things Season 2 and it fails epically but with this episode it succeeds like this, this episode even though it's more dramatic in tone fits with the overall arc of the series. It takes you inside the gaming world, a place that most of us have never been. That's a theme that comes to mind in the show over and over again. This idea of financial versus artistic. There are people in the show that only care about the financial security of this game. And then there is a guy like Ian who is the creative director of the game and he has to worry about both and how do both influence this. Even though you might not care about video games, it is still an artistic endeavor. Like Ian has a vision for what this game should be and there are characters like David and Brad who have to care about the financial landscape and the popularity of the game. That's definitely something I want them to explore more in upcoming seasons of the show. This idea of art versus commerce. Like this idea of the financial realities of making a video game. I find it fascinating. The art versus the the big business of the gaming world because that's what it is. It is a big business. And like movies and like books, big business and money can influence art like video games. I mean, the character that Rob is playing in the show, Ian, is this guy who thinks he's a great genius, his maker of this game, but at the end of the day he is at the mercy of the audience and what the fans want. And if they're not enjoying playing the game like what happens in the show the character of Pootie Shoe will say play this other game it's hilarious but it's also scary how accurate that is how fans really do have a lot of control over these artistic endeavors like video games movies and books whether or not that's right or wrong whether or not they should have that much control I don't know the answer to that but I find it genius that they're making a comedy series about an industry that is being affected by something that is so prominent in today's culture. This idea of giving the fans what they want because they have the power. And in the gaming industry, I I feel like that's probably being affected more so than the movie industry. This is the kind of comedy show I want to be made moving forward. It takes me into a world I don't quite understand. I'm sick of these sitcoms with this family and this weird dynamic that I really don't find funny. This is a show that takes me inside of an industry that I've never experienced. It makes 
makes a bunch of jokes that I do understand, like the character of Pootie Shoe. It can be culturally relevant and can also teach me some things about an industry I don't quite understand, even though I know how big video games are. This show can still feel like a comedic show that I love from the past, like The Office, like Parks and Recs, like Community, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and still feel different. It's well thought out, there's a little bit of a plot, but you can still have fun and just want to hang out with these characters. It's a quick watch, it's only 10 episodes, I don't have to dedicate 22 hours of my life watching Mythic West Raven's Banquet, it's a quick watch, and everyone in the show is hilarious. I'm just tired of the network sitcoms that are about the family dynamic. There's been enough about that. Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet gives a show that's very different from that. It is about a guy who is obsessed with making this video game and how everyone he works with interacts with him. Like, that's something I've never seen before. That's what great comedy is. Something you can't, you haven't quite seen before, but also has that familiarity of being comedically hilarious. Yeah, this show has some characters Types I've seen before in comedies, but they're being put in a situation, the video game industry, that I've never seen before, and that's why it works so well. For me, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, created by Rob McElhaney, is the perfect satire and one of the best comedies on TV right now. Definitely check out Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There will be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on actors Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson and the comedy series Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actress Gwyneth Paltrow and the movie Blow the Man Down. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> 